Good morning, family. Oh, I'm really excited about this sermon today. Did you know that God breaks the rules? He does, and that's okay. Let's read from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Interestingly, at least to me, this is the second week in a row that Jesus yells the word hypocrite. Last week, Jesus said he came to earth to start a fire. This morning, he's on fire. Let's read from Luke chapter 13. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. A woman was there who had been disabled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and couldn't stand up straight. When he saw her, Jesus called her to him and said, Woman, you are set free from your sickness. He placed his hands on her, and she straightened up at once and praised God. The synagogue leader, incensed that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, responded, There are six days during which work is permitted. Come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath day. The Lord replied, Hypocrites! Don't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from its stall and lead it out to get a drink? Then isn't it necessary that this woman, a daughter of Abraham, bound by Satan for 18 long years, be set free from her bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said these things, all his opponents were put to shame. But all those in the crowd rejoiced at all the extraordinary things he was doing. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. So we say, thanks be to God. So how do you feel about rules? Do you think rules were made to be broken? Or do you think rules are to be followed? Most of the time, I think that I think rules should be followed. And think about it. Rules keep everyone on the same playing field. Rules create order in a world where it seems like we are one misstep away from the train coming completely off the tracks. For better or worse, rules outline the minimum expectation for participation in a community, right? Everyone stays on the proper side of the road. Everyone pays their taxes. Everyone drives the speed limit. I think that one might be negotiable. The checkout line for 12 items or less at the grocery store means 12 items or fewer, not 13. That's not too much to ask, is it? Are you with me? These common expectations make sure that we all know not just what the boundaries are, but they also ensure that all people, in theory, have the same opportunities to be safe in the place that they call home. Rules ensure that everyone is treated fairly. Rules help keep the peace, right? Well, the Law of Moses, often called Torah, was the guidepost for religious and social life in ancient Israel. The Law of Moses established boundaries. Festivals were celebrated according to the law, while the Ten Commandments served as structure and order for the religious and social life of the community. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. 
Honor your father and your mother. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. These are the Ten Commandments. We believe they were dictated by God, given to Moses to give to the people, and established a baseline for God's community. They ensured that all the people knew what was expected of them. These were the rules that shaped God's people. These Ten Commandments, along with Torah, guided the shared life of the community. Now, in our Gospel passage today, it was probably a Saturday, and like every good Jew, Jesus went to the synagogue. Jesus was up front teaching when he noticed a woman who was crippled. What was she doing? Well, she was doing what everyone else in the synagogue was doing. She was worshiping God. This poor woman, according to Luke, had been crippled for 18 years. But other than that, she was just like everyone else in the synagogue that day. There she was, obeying the fourth commandment and keeping the Sabbath holy. But it's important that you see this. This crippled woman did not go to the synagogue to be healed. She knew it was the Sabbath. For her to ask for healing on the Sabbath would have compromised the leader of the synagogue. Why? Because the law stated that no work of any kind could be done on the Sabbath. No fires were to be lit. No fields were to be plowed. No gardens were weeded, no repairing your tent or clothing, and of course, no healings were allowed to take place on the Sabbath. If she needed healing, she would have to come back on another day. She was not in the synagogue to be healed. She was there to worship. Now, when Jesus saw her, he spoke to her. Woman, you are set free from your sickness. You are free from your illness. Today, Jesus might have said it like this. Hey, lady, stand up straight. You're healed. Isn't it curious that Jesus did not give her a choice in the matter? He did not ask, would you like to be healed? He didn't say, listen, I know it's the Sabbath and this might offend some people, but how about we take care of your problem right here, right now? Now, Jesus knew the leader of the synagogue was watching. He knew the Pharisees were watching, too, and they would all be very angry. And Jesus certainly knew the Ten Commandments, which means he knew exactly what the Fourth Commandment said. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Jesus knew all of this, and yet Jesus called to the woman, laid his hands on her, and healed her. Luke doesn't tell us if this woman had faith in Jesus as the Son of God. She wasn't looking for healing. She did not pray a prescribed prayer. Chances are she didn't even ask God to enter into her life. She wasn't seeking a personal relationship with Jesus in order to be healed. And yet, Jesus acted with compassion and with mercy. He healed her on the one day of the week when, according to the rules, no one was supposed to do work. Now, the irony of the story, the shift we miss when we get distracted by the healing of the woman and the 
outrage of the synagogue leader is that the rule or law that Jesus violated was a commandment given by God. Remember, Jesus was present at the beginning when God created and ordered the entire universe. Jesus was present when God formed humanity out of clay and breathed life into our lungs. Jesus, being the, the divine Son of God, is not just the Word of God revealed to creation. Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is Lord of the ordered universe. Jesus is Lord of humanity. Jesus is Lord of the commandments given to Moses. And Jesus is Lord of the commandments as they were implemented in the creation that he oversees. There is absolutely nothing wrong with keeping the Sabbath day as a day of rest. The Gospels tell us that as Jesus traveled throughout his life, he and his disciples took the time to stop and rest. And most likely they did this on the Sabbath. And as good Jews, they refrained from work. They worshiped in the temple or in the synagogue. But as the Lord of creation, Jesus is the one who sets into order the law we observe. Jesus has the final say on exactly what work is and exactly what rest is. Simply put, Jesus, as God, breaks the rules. And that's okay, isn't it? Sometimes God breaks the rules. By healing this woman on the Sabbath, Jesus assures us that all things will be put right in his presence. And they will be put right regardless of how other people interpret the law. Jesus, God, will have the final say over how we use and apply his word. In our story today, the reaction of the synagogue leader, his anger, revealed that he found his justification by following the rules. Now, let me say that there is nothing wrong with being a rule follower. But in Jesus, God revealed that we are not saved or justified by keeping the rules. Our ability to follow the rules is not a gauge of our spirituality. Is that good news for you today? Your spirituality is not measured by your ability to follow the rules. Our justification, our enoughness in the eyes of God, is not found in our own actions. And it's not found in our ability to dot the I's and cross the T's. Listen, I learned a long time ago that God expects more failure from us than we do from ourselves right? I mean, think about it. God expects more failure from us than we do from ourselves. He knows that we're frail. He understands that we're mistake prone. He knows that we have horrible track records. And despite that, he loves us anyway. And that's why he sent Jesus. And we find our righteousness through him. We find our rightness, our enoughness in him. Jesus is the one who sees our need and calls us by name, and heals us. Even when we're not looking for it, even when others say it cannot or should not be done. Our reliance, our dependence upon Jesus, allows us to rest and abide in God on the Sabbath and on every other day of the week. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle God, True healing is more than restoration of flesh and blood or knitting of bone to bone. True healing is wholeness where body, soul, and spirit unite. True healing is peace 
the knowledge of God's presence, a, a hope that knows no end. True healing cries, Father, not my will, but yours. True healing knows love perfectly, a love that casts out fear. True healing overcomes, endures for eternity. And you give us all this through your Son, Jesus, our Lord. So today we thank you. Thank you for understanding our frailties and loving us and healing us anyway. Father, we pray today for those who are sick. We ask for your healing. We pray for everyone who is in pain. We pray for those who are tired, for folks who are uncertain, and for those who need direction. We continue to pray for peace today. We pray for communities torn apart by gun violence, for neighborhoods that are terrorized by drugs, for those afraid of sickness or violence or undesired outcomes. We pray for peace for anyone and everyone feeling stress, pressure, and uncertainty. We ask for justice. Fill us with your Spirit to work for peace, to bring justice, and to offer grace and mercy. Give us ears to hear the cries of the oppressed, eyes to see the needs of the poor, and voices to speak for the marginalized. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As always, thank you for joining me today. I really do hope this message was helpful to you. If so, will you like, review, and share this podcast? If you leave a good review, it will help other people find and benefit from these messages. Also, if you have a need or prayer request, please leave a message in the comments section and be assured that I will be praying for you and for your need. This week, your job is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Because everyone needs love. And everyone needs to know that God loves them, no matter what. Remember, with Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen? Amen.